Good morning, everyone. And uh, add my welcome to Mike's. If you're here for the first time, if you're new to LCC, you're most welcome. And it's, my name's Toby. Good to meet you if I haven't met you already. And, um, and as a church, we're starting a new preaching series today. Some... <laughs> and, and the astute among you will know that we, were not, we hadn't completed the entire Gospel of John, um, but we will be coming back um, to that later on. But we, we felt that we... Oh, lots of feedback. Is it me? Am I the problem? It's often the case. But okay. Um, that, um, yeah, if you can, maybe the, the, I think these are on. I don't need these on. <laughs> That's better. Oh, that feels good to me anyway. Can you all hear me? Oh, that feels great. Thank you so much. I appreciate these guys. It's not the easiest job in the world, is it? Because when it's all going right, no one kind of notices, do they? You know. And seriously, thank you, guys. When it goes wrong, everyone's like... You know, anyway, thank you. Um, well, well, I've lost my track now. Yeah, new preaching series. Um, so we felt as a team that it'd be good to, well, I say team, it's Ben's suggestion actually, but I thought it was a great, we thought it was a great one, which was to spend some time um, over these coming sort of next few months really focusing in on what are the kind of uh, the values that we treasure as a church. And um, we've called this Lowest Off Community Church, because that's what we are. A family of Christ follows who together, dot, dot, dot. And then over the coming weeks, we're going to be exploring different themes. Much, I'm sure, will be um, familiar to you. Much of it, I'm sure, will just be kind of reminding or reinforcing things you already know and treasure. But maybe there'll be some other things that are revelation as well. Some things which go, ah, yes. Or things we've kind of forgotten or whatever. So that's what we're going to be doing over the coming weeks. And we're starting this morning looking at faith, that Lowestoft Community Church are a family of Christ followers who together walk by faith. Because it's kind of foundational to everything else that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. It's faith. We walk by faith, the Bible says, not by sight. We walk by faith in Jesus. In fact, Paul says in Galatians, he says, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The whole life I live, if you're a Christian, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's it. That's, what, that's how we live, by faith. Now, I don't know what you um, think about when you hear the word faith, even. You might be here this morning and you call yourself a Christian. Maybe you don't believe in God or maybe you're listening online or something. What do you think about that word faith? When you hear it, what does it conjure up in your mind? I remember hearing one story of a guy who was a Christian. He was at a dinner and he was sitting opposite a lady who started to, to talk and ask questions about this guy's um, Christianity. And, and he said, well, you know, they started talking about faith. And he sort of said something to her like, you know, well, what, do you, you know what do you have faith in then? Recognizing that we all have some kind of faith. We all put our trust in um, things, um, other people. And he was like, well, where do you put your faith then? And she said, oh, I put my faith in humanity. And his response was, well, how's that going for you? And she was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, has anyone ever let you down? Have you ever let yourself down? She was like, oh, okay, so, so where do I put my faith? And what, even what is faith? Sometimes you hear people say things like, faith is belief in spite of evidence. 
So it's kind of like um, wishful thinking. That's what some people would say faith is. Um, it reminds me of uh, Peter Pan. And um, there's a scene in one of the films of Peter Pan, having young children, you grow up watching all these films, things like even high school musical. I'm so glad I'm through the high school musical phase. I mean, any fans here? Just I mean, feel free to admit it. It's okay. It's fine. Everyone's accepted. <laughs> um, but in Peter Pan, there's this scene, I think it's when Tinkerbell is dying, and, um, and then one of the girls or something like that starts saying, I do believe, or Peter Pan actually says it, doesn't it? I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. I do believe in fairies. I do. And gets more passionate. I do believe in fairies. And I think some people think that faith in God is like that. I do believe in Jesus. I do. And if I close my eyes hard enough, and if I think strongly enough and believe it hard enough, somehow it will make it true. Is that what faith is? Silence. Wow. Hopefully, no. No, that is not what the kind of faith the Bible talks about. Hebrews 11. In fact, if you've got a Bible, turn to Hebrews 11. Or turn your phone on or whatever you do to look at the Bible. Hebrews 11. And we're going to be looking at a little bit of that story in, in, in a moment. But Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance or the, the, the confidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things that are not yet seen. It's the confidence. It's the hopeful confidence. But it's also, it's, it's, well, where do you place that hopeful confidence? Well, we all do this, like I said, by faith. We place our trust in another's words, in, in the promises that they make. And again, if we put our faith in ourselves in humanity, well, who hasn't broken a promise? Anyone? Who hasn't had a promise broken to them? And so we put our faith in people's words, but also their ability to follow through on those words as well. So if I were to promise you, I'm going to give you a million pounds after meeting today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, do you know what? If I were you, I'd do a little bit of research whether you can trust my words. Can I follow through on this with my works or not? If you look at my bank account, the answer is no. No, I can't. So I disappoint you, darling. (laughs) There isn't a secret bank account somewhere. (laughs) And so this is what faith is. It's trust in another's words, their promises and works, their ability to do what uh, what they say. And, And... And it's not a static belief either, this trust, this trust in God. It's not a static kind of, I believe, fixed. It's a, it's a daily, ongoing, living thing, leaning in. I like the phrase, leaning into. Faith leans into, has a posture, leans into who Jesus is, what Jesus has said. And we walk by faith, not by sight. It's a lived out and living trust in God and his words. And if you read through Hebrews 11, it's just like this, um, uh, I can't think of the word of it now, but just kind of like person after person of an example of faith. And it's like a drumbeat kind of going through Hebrews 11 of by faith. I think it's something like 18 times through Hebrews 11. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Do you think that the writer of Hebrews wants to kind of get something into my head about what it means to walk by faith and live a life of faith? And the letter of Hebrews as well, it was written to encourage Christians who are facing difficult time. And we all, either now, maybe you're going through a difficult season. Just what's going on more globally and everything at the moment. It, it's not easy. And, 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 
and, and, and the writer writes to, to encourage them to persevere, to stand firm, to not give up in the, in the middle of difficult days, when, when things get tough, when things get tough. And we're going to focus in on Abraham, who's sometimes called the father of faith. So if you've got your Bible, I'm going to read from chapter 11, verse 8 to 12. It says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. By going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, there it is again, he lived as an alien in the land of promise. As in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, his family. Fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has its foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Verse 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received, that's his wife, received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even one man and him as good as dead, as that as many as the descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand on which is by the seashore. Abraham, the father of faith, four things that faith does. One, faith listens and obeys. That's the first thing we see here. By faith, Abraham, when called, he obeyed. And if you want to read that story, you go back to Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, says he left Ur of the Chaldeans. The, it's a big city, apparently, and, um, and, and comfortable, probably had all the kind of mod cons, maybe obviously not that we enjoy nowadays, but a place to kind of settle down. You know, you, you, maybe Lowestoft is that for you. Maybe Norwich is that for us. It's very easy to find somewhere. Oh, it's nice to live. And let, let's settle down here. Abraham could have said, I mean, he was no young chap. He could have said, I'm 75 years old. I won't have a hands up here, but if you're, if you're 75 or, you know, 75 years old, well, that's the time to settle down, isn't it? Surely life's good. Maybe he thought, you know what? I'm up for retirement. I mean, the retirement age is getting older, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I think mine's, is it going to be 67 or something like that? I mean, Abraham's 75. Maybe he thought, you know, the kids are settled. The job is good. Future's looking bright. Why stay? But then he gets this call of go. Do you know, Abraham's not called the father of faith because he stayed. He's called the father of faith because he obeyed and he went. It's a hallmark of faith, to listen and obey. His obedience was an outward expression of his faith. His going was an outward expression. James, right, right in the New Testament, says that, you know, you show me your faith, I'll show you my faith by what I do. We're not saved by our works, but faith without works is what? Dead. And so this obedience deal matters. How do you feel when you hear the word obey? Obey. Because it can mean, one meaning is submit to authority. It's to do what is being told. Okay, well how do you feel about that? Why obey someone? Why obey someone? Trust them, yeah. 
It might be because actually they have authority. It depends on who's doing the asking, doesn't it? I mean, let's say that after this meeting, I went down to the main road roundabout down there and stood in the middle of the, is it the A12? Yeah, I stood in the middle of the A12 to stop cars. How do you think that's going to go for me? (laughs) Yeah, nice knowing you. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Why? Because I have no authority in that situation. No one, if you're driving down that road and you see me do that, you've got no reason to stop. Whereas if I was wearing a policeman's uniform, I might be faking it, but hey, you know, if you see a policeman in the middle of the road doing that, what are you going to do, hopefully? Stop. I advise you to stop. (laughs) You're going to stop. Why? Because they've got authority. Ah, okay, so it matters who's doing the asking. It depends on whether we obey or not and whether we listen or not, yeah? And so when Jesus says... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. And he says, teaching them to what? Obey everything I've commanded. So why listen to Jesus? Well, we need to work out who's doing the asking and whether we're going to really pay attention to him or not and his words. And again, if you're not a Christian, ask, you know, do some research, find out who this Jesus is. I mean, he claims to be God. That's a pretty high authority isn't it? And it's a pretty big claim. But Abraham didn't know where he was going necessarily, but he knew who was going with him. He knew this one had authority, that God had called him. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what? Obey me. It comes out of relationship. That's where the kind of policeman relationship breaks down. Don't think about Jesus like a divine policeman, um, please. He's the highest authority, and yet he says he's your, your closest friend. Uh, isn't that a beautiful combination? Because it, it combines power but with beautiful love and care and intimacy and, and, and knowledge of you and care for you and, and fighting for you and on, on your behalf. That's what Jesus is like. Gave himself for you. That's why we celebrate every Sunday like this. It's key. Relationship is key here. So faith listens and obeys because he's the highest authority it follows even when it's costly in fact this is the second point that faith steps out even when the way is unclear and it is unfamiliar little phrase i try and live with which is don't try and manage outcomes but trust god with the results of obedience don't try and manage the outcomes of what you do but just trust god with the results of obedience I think, well, what might happen if I can work this out? And if I do this, if I obey God in this, well, do you know what? We, Gene and I haven't had a clue <laughs> our Christian life in terms of where, what God might do. But each time it's just another little phrase I live with. Do what's nearest and trust God. Do what's nearest. Who's the person in front of you that needs loving? You know, that's what Sam and the guys are doing down there at the food bank. I visited the warehouse the other week. It's great to see what you guys are doing. They're absolutely wonderful. Do what's nearest. Who's the person in front of you? What's God saying right now? When I read the scriptures, how do I live today in this situation? It might be work, it might be school, it might be in your family, it might be in church community, whatever it might be. Faith steps out, even when you don't know the outcome. And I love this verse. (laughs) Um, By faith, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, I think. By faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Great. I haven't got to know the end game. I haven't got to know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, the month after. I haven't got to know. I can still walk by faith today. 
and do what God says today. Even if that means in my failures, and again, I love this, because what obedience might look like is, actually, Lord, I've stuffed up today. I need your grace today. Forgive me for what I've done. Even if you've been away from God. It's beautiful. What does faith look like? Faith looks like coming back to him saying, yeah, I need you. Just help me get back on track again. That's obedience. That's still obedience. And you know, have you ever done a trust fall? One of those trust falls? You know, when you, you, you stand like that and someone stands behind you and you just lean back? You ever done one? <laughs> Not successfully. Why would you do a trust fall? Yeah, Mike, okay, Mike, would you let, do a trust fall with me? I'm not saying you got, you've got to now, but would you? You trust me to catch, if you, there's an if there still though, isn't there? Come on. Who would trust me to a trust fall thing? Anyone? Two, three. Band's up for it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but you've, you, you're actually wise to ask questions and go, I'm not sure. You know, would, would Toby catch me? Is he strong enough? You know, they're right questions to ask. You do a trust all because you trust someone. And when we call to go in faith, it's, it's not like, right, I've got to close my eyes and try and have more faith. It's get to know the one that you're trusting better. That's where faith comes from. The more you learn about who God is and what God is like and, who, and revealed ultimately in Christ, the more you focus on him and fill your, your mind with, well, this is what God is like the more faith you'll have in that sense. Not because you're trying to conjure up faith, but because you're getting to know the one that you're putting your faith in. That's what matters. And that's why you'd fall backwards, because you trust the person. Yeah? Because you know them. By faith, he went out, not knowing where he's going. That faith sets out even when the way is unclear or when you don't know quite where it's going. Why? Because you trust the one who has called you. Sometimes, also with walk of faith here, when we do step out in things, sometimes it doesn't go maybe how we expected. Anyone experienced that? It just doesn't quite work out. Well, how do we work that out? What is it, when we step out in things, when we feel the call of God on our lives, when God didn't come through, well, actually, when you read through chapter 11 and you go on reading it, you, you read actually by verse 13. It says, all these died in faith. Without receiving the promises. Oh. Okay, so there's something more than even what happens in this world. And in my little life, my individual life, there's a bigger picture going on here. All these died in faith. Abraham died without seeing these innumerable people. Abraham died without seeing however many people are here today on a Sunday morning in Lowestoft and around the world. This promise that God makes that he would do through Abraham and through his seed pointing to Jesus. Millions, billions. All oh, right, it's been fulfilled now. But Abraham died in faith, believing God would still do this. I hope that when I get to that point, I can do that. I can die in faith. And when you, again, you keep reading through Hebrews 11 as well, it reads about, I mean, what is it, chapter, verse 35, it talks about those who experienced mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment. I mean, listen to this. They were stoned and they were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins, in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and ill-treated, wandering in deserts 
and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Maybe this walking by faith, I mean, it's like, well, okay. Things don't always work out necessarily in this life, but there is a bigger picture. The cross, when you look at the cross, it's like, ah, is that God's plan, really? The cross? And yet, there's a bigger picture. There's the resurrection. God doesn't paint this world as the end. He points to a future hope, which takes to the third point. Faith resists the temptation to kind of settle down in this world, to treat this world like it is our ultimate destination. Faith resists the temptation. I use the word resist there deliberately because there is something to kind of resist, isn't there? Because it's nice in some places in the world. Right? right now, you know, it's quite nice where we are here, maybe. And it's easy to settle down. You know, it's easy as a Christian, I think, when you become a Christian, to kind of grow, grow, grow. And then it's, it's, it's easy to kind of plateau. Well, but, and I've asked myself this question. What does, consi- what does keep growing in maturity to look more like Jesus look like as I grow older? And, and, and maybe taking risks and taking steps of faith is maybe when you're, you're younger or something that you might find easier. But as you get older, it's easier to settle. Maybe I'm the only one, but, you know. But faith doesn't settle down. It says Abraham it says, by faith he lived as an alien in a foreign land, dwelling in tents. The tents there is meant to speak of something transitory, something passing. It's not kind of the end game. And I mean, I'm, I don't like camping particularly. We're not particularly one of those camping families. Um, but living, you know, I, I can do camping for a week or something like that. Three weeks in a tent? Four weeks? A month? Five weeks is a month, isn't it? Six weeks? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A year? And then you look around the world and you see these campsites springing up. People who are exiled from their countries. That's not, that's not the end game. And I think we can learn something from that. We're going to live like aliens, like we're passing through actually, that this isn't, our, this isn't the end destination. And, and maybe we all just keep, keep asking yourself, well, what does it look like for me to live like that, like Abraham did? He said he's looking for a city. It speaks of permanence, a future hope. New heavens, new earth. That's maybe a good question just to ask ourselves. Is Well, what does it look to walk by faith and not settle? What would stepping out in faith look like for me? What would it look like for your community group? What would it look like for us as a church in this next season? What does walking by faith look like and not settling down? You know, the Bible says, doesn't it? Provoke one another, one another to love and good works. Provoke one another to love we heard that, read out earlier about love, love and good works. When was the last time you did some provoking one another? Doesn't mean have a go at one another. <laughs> but just in, that encouragement, hey, what are we going to do? Think about these things, talk about these things. Don't just let it sort of settle today and walk out the doors, but think about these things together when you're running partners and life groups and so on. So faith resists the temptation to settle down, to not get comfortable. To not live in this world as it's our final destination. And finally, faith continues to look to God in the face of the impossible. Verse 11 to 12. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered her, him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even one man and, and him as good as dead as that as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and sand by the seashore. 
This story of Abraham is unpacked a number of places in the Bible, and one of them is in Romans chapter 4. And there you've kind of got this um, sort of Paul who writes that, paints this picture. He says, sort of, Abraham looked at his body, and what did he think? Dead. Dead. It's not, not going to come out of this body. But then he, went, he looked at his wife. <laughs> and he looked at her, and what did he say? Dead. Bit offensive, isn't it? You know, she's past childbearing age. Not a lot. Not a lot's going to come out of her. But then he looked at God, and it says he considered him faithful, that he would follow through on what was promised. And then it says he received ability. And then what was Abraham? Dead. Fruitful. Fruitfulness came, life. Ah, so we look at ourselves and what do we think sometimes? Oh, good's going to come from this. Maybe look at one another and think, maybe you think a bit better of one another. (laughs) But then we consider God who's faithful, who's promised, who says that I will enable you, I'll give you the ability to do what I've called you to do. Yeah, you do look at yourself, you are weak. But in me, you're made strong. That's the promise of God we see here. I love it that Sarah, and through the Old Testament, these, these stories, you've got Sarah, she laughed. Moses said, I can't speak very well. Gideon was like, I'm too weak. King David, well, he really failed. But they're all in these, this, these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. None of them live perfect lives. All of them are meant to point us in a little way to the perfect one, Jesus. And then it says in, in, at the end of this, in, in chapter 12, now, this is what we do. If we want to grow in our faith and walk by faith, it does not come by focusing on ourselves and what we think we can achieve. Faith isn't, oh my goodness, what have I done? Even when we mess up, it's, well, actually, what can Jesus now do for me in forgiveness? Faith isn't, what can I do for Jesus in the future? It's, what can he do with me where I'm at, where God has placed me? And we focus on him, not by looking at ourselves. And we'll end here. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, and we've explored one of them, lay aside every encumberment and the sin which easily entangles us and messes us up, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Dan, do you want to come back up? Have you got a, I always say, have you got a song to worship? But of course they have. That's what they do. <laughs> so I move over as well. I'm going to get, I've got on your way here. But. Shall we stand if you're able? And um, I'd like to pray. That verse I read out earlier, the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How about switching the I to we? The life we, if you're a Christian, if you're part of the church here, the life we now live by faith in the Son of God. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us. And therefore, go. And Lord, I want to pray, Father, that you would be ah, just clearly directing us, would be those that listen and obey, would be those that step out in faith, that don't settle. Lord, we'd be those that even when the way isn't clear and we don't know fully what the end game is, Lord, and how it's going to go, we still step out 
May we be those that encourage one another daily, Lord, and provoke one another to step out in things. And I pray, Lord, to get together, you'd be speaking to us over these coming weeks, just, I guess, regalvanizing, Lord, what it is you want from us together as a church in this next season for this, this town, but also beyond this town as well. No, way beyond, in fact. There are so many promises over this church. There really are many, many promises. And so we consider you, God. We look at ourselves. No, <laughs> look at one another. We think, well, maybe. <laughs> but we look at you, Lord. And we trust in you and we lean into you together. For you to fulfill those things that you've promised us as a church. Amen.